I praise you, Holy Father. I worship you, Holy King. We need your fresh touch every day. Every moment, oh Lord, your hand to be upon us. Oh God, lead and guide us into all truth. In the beautiful name of Jesus, the name above every name, we pray. If you have a Bible this morning, let's turn to the book of 1 Timothy. If you find yourself having a little difficulty finding that, you can go to the last book of the Bible, Revelation, and work your way back a little bit. It'll help you out. 1 Timothy chapter 4. Thank God. Glad to be in God's house this morning. I feel after His great presence and His mighty power. 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 1. Now the Spirit speaketh expressly that in the latter times some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. Everybody said praise the Lord. All right. I'd like to work with you for just a little bit here this morning on the Spirit speaketh expressly. You may be seated. The Lord bless you. There are uh, elevators that are called express elevators, and there are trains that are called express trains, and I'm pretty sure there's buses that are considered to be express buses. They're, uh, they're not stopping. They're going straight forward to their goal, and I'd like to tell you that the Spirit is not stopping. The Holy Ghost is speaking, and He's speaking expressly. He's wanting us to not have any little stops in between or any little hindrances or uh, turning asides. That's part of the problem here. If you go on to read, it'll tell you about how that some in the latter times would depart from the faith. They'd give heed to the wrong kind of spirits, to seducing spirits. Those are spirits that try to uh, turn you in wrong directions and try to deceive you through to be disloyal. It's important that the Bible teaches it's important that you receive the love of the truth. That we're not in something generic here. We're not involved with something that is just so general. Uh, it's been said that general preaching, you'll get general results. And that I would say then, too, general believing leaves you lacking tremendously. We can't allow ourselves to just let this thing become all watered down and all diluted. A banking executive said to me in, when I got to witness to the individual, said, well, do you think it's that necessary that it needs to be that exact Yes, it does. It needs to be that exact. And Jesus made some things crystal clear, many things, but one thing in particular I'm thinking of, he said, except you be born again, you cannot see and you cannot enter the kingdom of God. 
He was very clear about that. He was, and you know, when that individual came to Jesus by night, the scripture said, and he was, he'd been, he and his uh, fellow employees, if you please, they'd been talking. And in their discussions, the big subject was about Jesus, who was doing good, going about healing all those that were oppressed of the devil. And in so doing, in their talking back and forth, this man got stirred up to where he said, I'm going to go talk to Jesus. I'm not going to slink around. I'm going to go talk to him. And so he did. And when he came to Jesus and he told him up front, he said, no man can do the miracles that you do except God be with him. I recognize God in you. And Jesus he was riding the express train that morning. He just simply looked at the man and told him, Verily, verily, or truly, truly, I say unto thee, You must be born again, or you cannot see the kingdom of God. This man said, Wait a minute. You know, the natural mind was right there, and he was thinking of all kinds of laws and, and routines and ideas of men, and he said, how can I be born again? You know, that's really what you're saying is, how can I be saved? And how can I be born again? Do I enter the second time into my mother's womb? Which, of course, is incredulous. Just, just leaves you mind-boggled. And uh, leaves the women more than mind-boggled. And, uh, and so... Jesus said, verily, verily. Again, he's on that express train. He's not using little fancy terms and trying to flatter. He's not even trying to use Mr. Carnegie's uh, how to win friends and influence people. Jesus is going direct here. He's going express here. There's no stops. He said, you must be born again off water and of the Spirit, or you cannot enter into the kingdom of God. It begins to tell them that the wind blows where it listeth. Thou hearest the sound thereof, but you cannot tell whence it cometh, nor whither it goeth. So is everyone that's born of the Spirit. He said, that which is flesh is flesh. Set that aside. He said, that which is spirit is spirit. You've got to get on this spiritual express train here. One songwriter called it the J train. you got to get with this, folks. You can't lag behind. I almost missed a plane one time. I mean, I really almost missed a plane one time. They were within seconds of shutting the door. And once they shut that door and lock it, that's it. It doesn't matter. You can stand out there, wave your ticket all you want. But that thing is gone. And uh, I'm coming down there, you know, and I'm having trying to have a little quick bite of some breakfast because we'd gotten up very early and, and it was, you know, I was hungry. Well, somebody said, hungry. <laughs> so I, I had gone down there to a the little kiosk and I grabbed a little something and I'm just... Me ambling along, moseying along, you know, with 
chomping down on my little whatever I had. And uh, all of a sudden I look up and I see my wife waving at me frantically. I'm like, duh. I'm like, what's wrong with her? (laughs) And finally it dawned on me (laughs) and my motor kicked in. And uh, first garbage pail, I dropped everything (laughs) and headed for the door of that plane. And, uh, you know, I've been with the boss for 44 years now this August. And uh, Pete and I are going to celebrate, within a matter of two days, I guess, we're going to celebrate an anniversary. He's going to get his first. I'm going to get my 44th. How come you're so old looking and I'm so young looking? That's why I don't understand. (laughs) Anyway, my boss was about to depart without me there. I think she was feeling a tug. Do I get in or do I wait and miss the plane? But I came... I got my motor going, and I, I came post-haste, as they say, and uh, I came expressly. No more stops, no more dilly-dallying around, and I whisked her into that plane, and the door shut behind us, and we found our seats, and off we went into the wild blue yonder, wherever we were going and whenever that was. I don't remember that exact exactness of it right now. But I am saying to you, now, we are living, as it said here, Spirit speaketh in these, in these, expressly in these latter times. These are the last times. And you know what? I'm going to tell you, the Bible also talked about the last generation. And you better wake up and realize that we're down to where there's going to be the last sermon. We're getting very close here to where I'm telling you that J train's going to be leaving. That, that being caught up in that first resurrection is going to take place in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye. And whatever it is that's holding you back and you're dilly down and you're moseying along, you better drop it where it belongs in the garbage pail. And you better tell yourself, I got to get my motor going here. I don't want to miss this plane air ride. I, I want to be in that express, in that express plane. And the Spirit is speaking expressly to hearts. You ever read in your Bible in the book of Ezekiel? Ezekiel figured it was a nice day to go down to the water. You know, we used to have an old sister back in the church where I received the Holy Ghost. And uh, she sang a song. Oh, God. But she'd sing, let's all go down to the river. There's a man walking on the water. Oh, brother, she could sing that song and... Holy Ghost to get moving. Well, long before that, Ezekiel must have heard a little something about going down to the water. He headed down to the river Kabar. And while he was there, the Bible said that the Spirit spoke to him expressly. Expressly. You know what I like about that too? <laughs> yeah, here's what I like about that. I like about that you can't sit there then and say, huh, he must be talking to her. Must be talking to him. I'll be talking to that other person, that other role. That's not what it said. It said the Spirit spoke expressly. He's talking to you. And it's wonderful that God can do that with a whole bunch of us sitting here this morning, that he can speak expressly, Brother Williams, he can speak expressly to somebody or to somebody's. He knows how to minister to many, many hearts at the same time. And he knows how to give you just what you have need of hearing. What's going to help you? Everybody said, me. Sure. He's very interested in you as an individual. 
okay? He knows everything about you. He knows where you came from, and he knows exactly where you're going. And he's wanting you to get in step and in rank and harmony. And what did he say to them that were, oh, some were fishing. They were down by the river. They were down by the lake. They were fishing. I got, I got men in this town that have told me for years they're going to come church. And, and they hadn't made it yet. But, you know, and they're, they're always telling me they're too busy. It's just, you know, they're so busy, so busy. But I'll pass them on the canal. They got that fishing rod in there. You know, they find time to, to do that. Well, I'm, I'm out there fishing too. I'm fishing for them. And I'm trying to get them in the net and pull them in. Well, Jesus came along, and there were some professional fishermen, so they were about their, actually, their, their livelihood, their business. They weren't just looking for dinner or recreation, okay? These guys did this for a living. And Jesus said, uh, you come and follow me. Now, he, he, they didn't look around and go, who, who, me? He, is he talking to me? No, that's not what happened. They knew who he was talking to. That word came expressly to them. And you know what? If you knew, if you would believe in your heart what all Jesus Christ has for you, there wouldn't be any question about is he talking to me or somebody else. Never mind somebody else. He's talking to me. You'd be stepping in the front of the line. You'd be saying, I want some of that. Oh, yeah. If you knew how good the Holy Ghost was. If you knew how good the gifts of God are. If you knew how good heaven is going to be. Oh, yes. And Jesus said, in my Father. Talking about the Spirit. He, the flesh, like me saying it. In my Father's house are many mansions. Many dwelling places. He's got so many good things lined up that the Bible teaches for man that the natural man cannot receive the things of God, that they are foolishness unto him. But man, he can, he can absorb and he can believe all kinds of natural things in this life. And, and, and they got all kinds of courses, you know, on if you can believe strong enough and you do this and you do that, you can do this and you can do that. And man has accomplished a lot of things. Look at the tremendous skyscrapers well up into the, into the uh, atmosphere, if you please. And, and uh, tall buildings. Every time they build one, they look like they build one taller the next time. All right? You know, there was two buildings in New York City that were being, two sky, uh, skyscrapers that were being built at the same time. And the two men were actually competing against each other. And, uh, and so the one guy... Every time, they'd be peeking, and they'd be looking, you know, and they'd be monitoring everything, and they'd see how high he's going, and we're going right with him. And so the one guy, he decided that he was going to build something within the top floor. And so what he did was, when they finished the two buildings, the guy thought he, he won. He thought he had the highest building. And it looked like his competitor was already finished and through and topped out. And little did he know that they had it all planned. And all of a sudden, that thing opened up at the top, and that pushed that big spire up through there. And he went up to become the tallest. All right? Well, let me tell you something. That's man's ideas and things that man can do. And Nimrod, way back in the beginning, he said, well, he said, we're going we're gonna to make it to heaven without God. We don't need God. Who needs God? Well, who is? He like Pharaoh. Who is the Lord? You know, such irreverence. Standing on God's earth, looking at God's sky. <laughs> Who's the Lord? You know, it might be better. Who are you? you know? So Nimrod said, we're going to build a, a, a city and a tower that reaches to heaven. And the Lord said, no, you're not. No, you're not. I'm going to take care of that. 
I'm going to stop that. I'm going to put a stop to that. And that's what I'm telling you. These are the last days. These are the latter times. And we're closer to it than anybody ever has been before us, obviously. But you have to remember, there's a church that Jesus Christ gave birth to. And that church preached the coming of Jesus Christ so strongly that the Spirit had to speak through the Apostle Paul and begin to teach them that they had to realize that there were some things that had to be fulfilled, some things that had to take place before he would return, okay? And, but most of those things, and I underscore the word most, most of those things have been fulfilled. We haven't got but a little bit to go here. And we're living in the time when we're watching some things take place right now. And, and, and prophecy is going to be fulfilled with a rapidity. It's going to happen so rapidly, it's going to take place. And people aren't even going to realize it. And others are going to think that they're a part of it when they're not. And I'm trying to tell you that you want to realize that Jesus Christ inspired in his word, one Lord, one faith, one faith. And people were turning away from the faith in the latter times. And it was because of spirits that made them disloyal and that dissuaded them from obeying the truth. You've got to love the truth. You've got to love it more than anything else in your life. Anything else. Oh, yeah. I'm not sure why I'm holding this. I don't really need it, do I? Everybody said, praise the Lord. Oh, hands free. So, I am saying to you, Jesus Christ came. He gave his life on that cross. He gave that body, that sacrifice, that lamb on the cross. Okay? And, in, and then three days later, the spirit that left that body on the cross, that body was taken and placed in the grave. And three days later, just as he foretold, he rose again from the dead because the spirit re-entered that body. I told a woman, I told you at the executive, and I said, she said, I believe in the triune God. And I said, well, gee, that's not in the Bible. <laughs> and she's looking at me like, and I said, no, it's not in there. I said, not in there at all. Matter of fact, you know what? When I first came in the church, everything was brand new to me. And uh, when the boss and I got married, as I said, from, uh, one month from now, it'll be 44 years ago. And uh, today's the 21st, isn't it? Yeah. One month and two days. 23rd. So, I mean, yeah. Yeah, it's 23rd of August. Thank you. <laughs> Got to get that straight, don't I? You hear me? All right. I'm sure if I don't, she'll remind me. But anyway. Uh, when when we would when we first got married, and just before we got married, they told us to go sit down and have some counseling. So we went, and uh, I guess they figured we needed counseling. You know, we'd run away. They had a 12-state alarm looking for us, and and uh, we went to Woodstock. We were crazy hippies. We didn't know what we were doing. We had no clue. We didn't have, we didn't know anything about God, and uh, we didn't know anything about a lot of things. And so we sat down. And somewhere, in, and I had, I had just started, we had both just started reading the Bible uh, when we sat down with this man. And uh, I, uh, he said something about a triune God. And I said, I, no, he said Trinity. He said they're Trinity. And I said, no, I said, Trinity's not in the Bible. And um, he said, really? He said, now he's, he's the man. And he said, really? And I said, no, it's not in there. And he said, well, what about triune? So I said, can you excuse me a minute? I ran out and grabbed the phone and called my pastor. I said, is triune in there? 
He said, no, no, triune's not in there. I said, okay, I won't pay. No, triune's not in there. <laughs> Nothing like speaking with authority, right? Well, I spoke to the authority, and I got the authority. <laughs> and so I'm saying to you that I told this lady, I said, no, that's, that's not in there. And um, I said, you know, you've got a cup over there with some liquid in it. I didn't know if it was coffee or water or whatever it was. And I said, you, you understand, you need to understand that the revelation is right there. I said, that cup is the body, okay? And what's in that cup? The Bible teaches in that body was the fullness of God, okay? He's a spirit, and you cannot see him. But he was in that body to the fullness, all right? That's why I'm not God this morning, because I don't have it to the fullness, and neither do you. We get the Spirit by measure. We get the gift of the Holy Ghost. All right? Now, I suppose that God keeps that measure and that recipe to himself. I, maybe he'd be like my mother-in-law that said, a fistful of this and a fistful of that. How do you measure a fistful? You know, I, Willie B., your hand's a lot bigger fist than, than uh, Jackie Jones over there, you know. So I'm saying, you know, we different sizes, right? And so, boy, uh, it's like I went to a place one time, and I, I uh, got one of my favorite desserts. It's called creme brulee. And um, I got that big old spoon, and I, and I almost died right then. I'm telling you, it was something else. And so, of course, I said to the chief tester, I said, here, honey, taste this. And she's looking at me like, and my face, and she's going, I don't want to taste that. And I said, I need to know what's wrong with it. So she, she took a little bite, and she said, Man, she said, it's, it's not right. And I said, okay. So I gave it to the server, and they took it back, and the chef sent his apologies with a new one. He said he grabbed the salt instead of the sugar. <laughs> Imagine what my face looked like, huh? Oh, boy, that was bad news. I'm telling you what. So I got the wrong fistful. I got the fistful of salt instead of the fistful of, of sugar. But um, I am saying to you that God has his recipe. And God knows what the measure of the Spirit means in what he gives to us when he gives us the Holy Ghost, okay? He gives us the gift, the free gift of the Holy Ghost. But we get the Spirit by measure, okay? Whereas Jesus had the Spirit to the fullness, okay? To the full, in him dwell the fullness of the very God bodily, all right? So that's the difference. He was God in flesh. And that's what your Bible said in 1 Timothy 3.16. God, Spirit, was manifest in the flesh. Okay? And so you want to get it straight. God said, I'm coming expressly to this world. I'm going to absolutely, uh, there was nobody to do it. And so he said, I'm coming myself. And how am I going to do that? How am I going to have a body? And so God said, well, the same way I made the sun, the moon, the stars, I spoke the word. And so I'll speak the word over Mary, and she'll bring forth that body. And in that body will dwell the fullness of my spirit. And through that body, I will open the blind eyes, and I'll unstop the deaf ears, and I'll walk on the water. No wonder the, when the Bible said that he alone treadeth upon the waves of the sea. And there's been great debate over that. Did Jesus really walk on the water? Of course he really walked on the water. He was God. So he alone treadeth upon the waves of the sea. Okay? There's only one God. There's not a triune God or a ten-headed God like the beast of Revelation. There's one God, one God, one God, and his name is Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. 
You want to get in the you want to get in the express car and you want to go direct, friend. You don't want to be stopping and turning around and getting all turned aside by different spirits that would try to make you disloyal to the truth of God. For it is written, and because they received not the love of the truth, and God said, oh, well, if you don't want truth, then we've got something for you, and what we've got for you is a lie. And you'll believe a lie, and you'll be damned, because that's going to be the alternative. Because there's the spirit of truth, and there's the spirit of error, or the spirit of lie, okay? And that's what the book said. They came, and they, they uh, were trying to seduce people, and they were speaking lies in hypocrisy, okay? They're pretending to be something and showing you a front, okay? When, and speaking, and what they were saying was lies. And the liar, the people that were saying the lies were hypocrites. And Jesus told them that in Matthew 23 and other places over and over. He called them hypocrites and he called them a generation of vipers because all they had was religion. And they would not let the Spirit of God, they had blockages. And they would not let the Spirit of God come expressly to their heart and bring the truth to them. They wouldn't submit to it and obey it. It was always, I got to go hear this and I got to go hear that. Well, you keep going here and there and you're going to get nothing but lies. You hear me? Can you hear back here? Sister Hopkins, can you hear? Okay, I just want to make sure back here you're hearing me. Everybody's, got, everybody's with me. All right? There's lots of lies out there. Lots of people with ulterior motives. Lots of people that, that have spirits and those spirits have one goal in mind and that's to bring you to hell and that's it. That's what the enemy wants. And he's going to lie right to the end until he's broken without hand and without remedy. And then the nations are going to look upon him and say, is this what we followed? Is this the one that we gave everything up for? Oh, how disappointed they're going to be. But you know what? People have got the Holy Ghost and baptized in Jesus' name. When you look upon his face, you're not going to be disappointed at all. He said, man, I got many mansions for you. You're not going to be dissatisfied with anything. And your feelings are not going to be built, built around earthly, fleshly, natural feelings. One man, one man died and, and went to heaven, and, and they prayed, and they prayed, and they brought him back. And, 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 he, and you know, he's like one other that said, what did you bring me back for? <laughs> I was happy. But he described it, what God allowed him to see and experience. He described it. And he said there was an absence of all kinds of negative feelings. There was no hatred. There was no bitterness. There was no jealousy. He said there wasn't anything like that there. You didn't feel that any of those things. He said Every, everything was beautiful. Everything was so lovely and wonderful. And the great tremendous feeling of love that was there. That's what God allowed him to come back and tell people to help them to believe. But you know, one place a man lifted up his eyes. A man that had, had come to, to see the, the church many a time and in seeing the church, he disdained it. He looked down on it. He looked down on how the women dressed. He looked down on how the, the men kept themselves clean and putting their best look forward to be a good example and a good light. And uh, he disdained that they didn't get involved with all the things he got involved with because he was pretty well off. And he could just about do whatever he wanted to do. And uh, 
But they, they didn't run to the same excess of riot that he ran to. He thought it strange that, they, that this, the church wouldn't go do all the things he wanted to do, go all the places that he went. He doesn't understand why they wouldn't go to the club. Well, that's because the church house is their club. Hello? This is my club. You, know? you ever hear about, you listen to some of the songs. What is it, Way FM? You listen to some of the songs. I know things are getting bad when I've been listening to Way FM. Something must be wrong with my CD player. Anyway, uh, it's not really that bad. They have Toby Mac, so we got to be pretty good. But anyway, and they, uh, but they're always how they're going to shout, how they're going to praise, how they're going to dance when they get there. If you don't shout here, if you don't praise here. If you don't dance your dance here in the Holy Ghost, you ain't going. You better hear me tell you. You're not going. You don't, it's, if you're not doing it here, you ain't going to do it there. Because you're not going to get there. Because you're showing that you don't have the experience that it takes to get there. You hear me? It doesn't suddenly start when you get to heaven, honey. It starts right here. This express train starts right here. You better get on this train, and it'll take you to the plane. And we're going to go in a plane air ride. Woo! We're going to go in that first resurrection. The Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, and the voice of the archangel, the trump of God. And that's the last trump. Amen. That's the last trump of revelation. Amen. 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 We'll be caught up together with the dead in Christ to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be. Oh, yeah. Well, I'm going to dance in. No, you better dance now. <laughs> you, better, you better envision it now. You better love the truth now. You better get out of your seat now. You better, you better get your, yourself going in the Holy Ghost now. Not be thinking about everything else during church. You better be in the Spirit. Get there expressly. Yes, sir. I wonder what some people do all day and all week long. I just can't figure it out. What in the world? Hours upon hours, and days and weeks and months. You want to get involved in the great work of God. You want to be a part of the church and know what the work of the church is. Jesus Christ gave his life on that cross and he shed his blood. And three days later, he began to show them with 40 days of infallible proofs that he had risen from the dead. And in so doing that, he gave them instructions. He gave them commission and told them to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Nobody was to be left out. No island, no country, no continent, no language, no skin color, no nothing. Everybody. God so loved the world. The world, everybody. He's reaching for everybody. You know, I can't, I don't have time to get involved with people's squabbles and, and people's disagreements. This world will always be in a squabble and will always be in a disagreement because this world is in the hands of the enemy. You hear me? And he's going to and fro, the book said, seeking whom he may devour. He comes to bring trouble and to make trouble and to cause trouble. He wants nothing but confusion. In this world, 
and one's saying this and one's saying that, and one's arguing this, and he's got them in such a and embroiled in such a controversy in life that they miss the train. They're not getting the express word of God. They'll take a little bit here and a little bit there, and they'll mix it with this and they'll mix it with that. That's not the express train. The express word of God is pure. The express word of God has no uh, pollutants in it. It hasn't been diluted. It hasn't been watered down. It doesn't have tadpoles and wiggle worms in it, okay? It's a crystal clear river that flows from the throne of God and the Lamb. Everybody said amen. 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 And you better understand that this God is reaching for every man, woman, boy, and girl. And he's wanting you. He wants to put it in your heart. That is a love for the truth. And he is truth, okay? What he has spoken is truth. All Scripture is given by the inspiration of God. All Scripture is given by the inspiration of God. Amen. So you can't, uh, you know, cherry pick as they call it. You can't just take the the top thing on that you like. That's my little favorite scripture, and I'm going to ignore everything else. I'm just going to hang on to my one little becomes a hobby horse. Okay, that's what happens. You've You've got to rightly divide the word of truth and study the book by subject matter. And, and you, you love it all, every bit of it, okay, every bit of it. And what happens, the truthful, truthfully what takes place is that at any given moment, the Spirit will speak expressly to your heart, and for that moment, that Scripture might be your favorite Scripture because God's impressing something on your mind, okay? And, and right at that moment, you, you caught that, and oh, boy, I needed that. Oh, yeah, I needed that one. Well, I, I, I like those that I need, that I feel like I need, you know, uh, those ones that, you know, God is just doing what I want him to do. But what about when God, when God gives me one of those that convicts me, one of those that gets my attention because I'm not doing so good? Oh, I got to love that one too. But the Bible said not to despise the chastening of the Lord, the training of the Lord, okay, that God is training us. And there's some, it told you to endure hardness as a good soldier in Christ Jesus. So you've, you've got to put on Christ here. You can't just take a part of it. You've got to put it all on. You've got to allow the Holy Ghost to minister to your mind, service to service, day to day, reading His Word, praying, and being involved in the church and what the church is doing. Start yourself a little diary if you want and get you one of those little ones that you can get at a, somewhere off of Depot or something and it's got the day broken down into hours and ask yourself, what am I doing with all these hours every day? You know, what am I doing every day? 24 hours in a day times 7 is 168 hours in a week. What am I doing with those hours? You know? And ask yourself, I need, I want to try by the help of God to put more, a higher percentage of my week into God, into being a part of what God is doing. And, and I don't want to ignore him all those other hours. I don't want to run from him. Adam and Eve tried that. And the Lord came looking for them. And the Lord said, hey, where you all at? And they said, well, we're over here. We're in the bushes. Well, what are you doing in the bushes? They said, well, we're naked. Oh, and who told you that you were naked? Where you been getting your 411 from? What, what have you been learning? What kind of books have you been reading? What kind of smut have you been looking at? What kind of dirt are you looking at or listening to? Hmm? What are your five senses bringing in to your brain? I want to think of that. 
Adam and Eve, they got some bad information, didn't they? And they lost their innocence. And in losing that, God said, time for you to leave. You're going to have to go now. And life is going to be rough for you now. But you know what? We're all born concluded under sin, the book teaches. And because of that transgression, everybody was born in sin, shapen or misshapen in iniquity. Everybody, lawlessness. Okay? That's our nature. And that's why Jesus said, you must be born again. You must get this spiritual nature. You're going to, we know what the flesh is the flesh. Okay, we're lost. We've done it wrong. We know that. We got it. Got it. Got it. And if you've got it, then you should be repenting of it. Oh, God, I'm so sorry for the things I've done, the places I've gone, the things I've looked at and listened to, the words I've spoken. Oh, God, forgive me. And as you begin to repent, <clears throat> then we get you ready. We'll baptize you in water. You hear me back there, Willie? Willie May? Good. Woke up. Had to wake you up, didn't I? Okay. Be baptized in water in the name of Jesus Christ. And it'll be for take away all your dirt. Get rid of all your sins. So that's why you want to make a good repentance. You know, when I first came, I tell you, I was just an old lost hippie and uh, didn't know anything. Thought I knew everything, but didn't know anything. And, uh, of course, then I, I wouldn't say that. Then I, I was in the I know everything mode, you know. But as you get a little older, and, and most especially if you come into the church, you begin to realize how little you knew, how much you didn't know, and how wrong directions you were going and spinning your wheels, you know, so to speak. But uh, I remember I came to the, uh, got witness to, and I went to my first service, and and I started going regularly, and I was reading the Bible day and night. And uh, I, I, uh, went to, I went to a place, and I repented. I just got alone, and I talked to God, and I told him that I was sorry for the things that I'd done, and I wanted to be baptized in his name. And so uh, one night after service, I went to my pastor up on the rostrum, and I sat down next to him, and I told him, I said, I'm ready to be baptized. And he said, well, he said, you need to repent. Now, see, the old me, I would have said, well, I did repent. You know, I'm just rebellious and smart aleck. And, but now, I just looked at him and I said, okay. I thought, well, okay, I'll go do it again. That's how I thought about it. I'll just go do it again. I'll just go do it again. He said to go do it, I'll go do it again. I'm not going to argue with him. And so that night, I, I, uh, I was about getting ready to say goodbye to my little car because, uh, we were going to have that first child. Sister Urshan was on the way. And uh, so I was, took the pretty much the last drive in my little car. And I took, took it over to the college. And I climbed the fence. And I went out in the middle of the field where nobody was, dark, late at night. And I began to call on God. And I began to repent again. And as I was repenting, and you know, there was a little part of me felt like, you know, I was just going over the same material again. And all of a sudden, the word of the Lord came to me expressly. And boy, he started reminding me of things that I hadn't repented of yet. <laughs> I hadn't quite coughed that up yet. And, uh, you know, I don't know if you've ever had the upchucks, but, uh, you know, sometimes you, you just hadn't quite got it all out. You think you did, and you start walking away from the bowl, and all of a sudden you realize, uh-oh, <laughs> here it comes again. <laughs> and uh, you want to make sure you get all that bug out, don't you? You want that out of there. 
Okay, so I began, friend, to upchuck it. And it just, uh, something broke inside of me. And I mean, I began to repent of, he said, you remember this? And, oh, yeah, God. What about that? Oh, God, I'm sorry. You know, it was just, he was just pounding me, hitting me left and right. And I was just uh, giving it up, giving it up. Like my pastor said one time, he said, uh, he trained with the uh, champion of Southeast Louisiana boxing when he was, before he came into church. And uh, he lied to, to be on the professional card when he was 15. And he did a lot of things wrong, and he'll tell you that. He would have told you that. And he said that they went to a fair. And he said, you know, the guy was there, and they were, they were going to box a little bit. And he said, you know, he had been in church now. And he said, I, I knew I shouldn't have put those gloves on. And, you know, it was supposed to be just a little banter, a little spar, a little fool around. He said, but <clears throat> when we were boxing, he said uh, he caught the guy looking at a couple of pretty girls. And he dropped one right on the guy's chin. He said, man, he said, that guy... He said, I, I, he threw so much leather at me, that's all I saw was leather. He said, he just beat the dog out of me. And he said, because I bopped him. And uh, so I'm saying, God was throwing the leather, friend, and he, he was bringing out things and reminding me of things. And, and, but it was good, because I was really cleaning out, you know. And you really want to make a good repentance. You know, I've had people come, and they just want to hit the altar, and they hardly hit, their knees hardly hit the ground or their hands. Um, maybe they stand at the altar, nothing wrong with that, and their hands hardly go up. I got it, I'm done, that's it, you know. And you're cheating yourself. This is the greatest experience anybody could ever have. It is the best of God's thinking, okay? God could have made it a handshake. God could have made it a card sign. He could have done a lot of things. He's God. But what he did was give you all the shadows and types of the Old Testament, and then they had the previews. And they, they then had to be fulfilled. And that's why Jesus said uh, certain things. He said, he said, well, if I don't do it, he said, how then shall the scriptures be fulfilled? Meaning, how then will there be a church? How then will people be saved? So there were things that had to be, the blueprint was the Old Testament. And the actual building of everything is the New Testament. He did talk about the house, building the house, you know, and fitly framed together. There are terms in there you want to pay attention to in your Bible. And so as, as Jesus Christ gave birth to his church, it was done by people repenting, and then they were baptized in Jesus' name, and then they were filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. That's how you get saved. That's how you get delivered from sin and from your flesh and your natural and your carnality, okay? That's how that happens. That's how there's a big change that takes place in your life. And you don't think the way you used to think. You don't talk the way you used to talk. You don't hang out the places you used to hang out. You're not going to those places because that's not the lifestyle that God is giving you now. That's not the way your mind thinks any longer. Your heart is now clean and pure. And now you're all excited about God and about His Word and about the work of the church and being a part of what the church is doing and that He's got you on an express train. And we're not going to be stopping at every stop. Did you ever get on an elevator and it was a... 30-foot building, 30-floor building, and, and you stopped at every floor? That's miserable. You know? I'm looking for that one. You got that special card. You put it in. Woo! It takes you right on up to where you need to go to. Well, I'm going to be in that first resurrection, friend. That's going to take me, woo, right up there where I want to be. I want to be with Jesus. I want to be with the church. I want to be with the body of Christ. Amen. Amen. And everybody said, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Let's give God another big hand.
Thank God. Let the Spirit speak expressly to you this morning. Let the Spirit tell you you need to be baptized. Let the Spirit tell you that you need the gift of the Holy Ghost because He's not willing that any should perish, the Bible says. And do you know without the born-again experience, which is the salvation of God, without that, you're none of His. And without that, you can't go to heaven. It's as simple as that. But He's made it possible for everybody because He said He's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Okay? That's what He said. All should come to repentance. All should come to water baptism in Jesus' name. And all should come to receiving the gift, the free gift of the Holy Ghost. You get that? That'll save you. And then we go from Romans to Revelation where we stay saved. Keeps us saved. Okay? Keeps us delivered. So that him that drank, he doesn't drink no more. Talking about alcohol. And that him that did drugs, he don't do drugs anymore. You know why? Because you've got something better. You've been delivered from that self-destructive spirit. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Let me tell you something. You get the good gift of the Holy Ghost. You're not going to be walking around saying, Oh, man. Oh, man. I, I can't take cocaine anymore. No. You don't want to take cocaine anymore. You're going to be going around with a big smile on your face. I said, I'm free. And I'm delivered. And I don't need it. I've got something better. Amen. That a bottle of beer or, or a fifth of something isn't the problem solver. You find out that a dose of the Holy Ghost will cure whatever ails you. That's all anybody needs is a good dose of the Holy Ghost. You hear me? Taste and see that the Lord, He is good. Taste and see that the Lord, He is good. Amen. Let's give God another big hand. Let's worship the Lord. Come on. Let's sing and praise Him. Guys, a lady. Come on. Come on now. Let's not be dragging around. Let's not be dilly dallying. Come on. I want to be in the church. I want to be about God's business. Oh, happy head. Yeah. All ye people. And shout unto God. Oh, happy head. All ye people. Oh, 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 oh,